Listener Production. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of That's Enough Already. This week I'm talking to the author of Hilarious Hyena. It is none other than my good friend Nazim Hussain, which I didn't know how heavily he relies on Siri to answer questions. Also, we unpack new sexual labels. It's sapiosexual. What the hell is that? Listen and you'll find out. He also talks about his very traumatic ordeal with the automatic toilet door. I mean, we've all been there. My biggest shock during this podcast is he didn't know who Gail was to Oprah. Who doesn't know who Gail is to Oprah? Don't worry, I explain it all. Just have a listen. Shh, that's quite enough. Just just shut your mouth. I don't give a stuff. Shush, please. Uh, uh, Yes, I can hear. But I don't care. That's enough already. Shut up. Oh, shush. This is my vibrator's charger. This is what they look like. I just found it here in my office. I don't Mm. know why. It also looks, that looks like a headphone jack. Yeah, but a really, for a really thin headphone. Oh, so if it runs yeah. out, is that? Yeah, it's not like the old days you had to open it, get some batteries mm. in there, or, mm. you know, in the real olden mm. days you had to chuck a couple of cockroaches mm. in like an empty torch or whatever and let that, you know, yeah. um, run its yeah, course. Yeah. I thought it would like that now that my mobile phone charger, you just place the phone on like this yeah. pad. You know, surely that's the next step in charging. You'd hope so. Or solar. Solar would be nice. You can let them out and lying in the sun. Solar, just leave it out in the sun. (laughs) Just when you're done, open the window, throw it out, collect it later. (laughs) This is already a podcast I can't recommend to my family. (laughs) I'm like, as a Muslim man, let me explain something to you, Nazim. Here's something you wouldn't have participated in. This is my worries. Like, you need to go pray on a Friday. I, I, I've got all this other shit going on, mate. I, <laughs> you know, you have to remember to wash your dildos and vibrators as soon as you finish using them. Like, you don't feel like it. Like, you don't wash, you don't go wash, you don't go wash your dick every time after. No, mm. you just go to sleep. But I have to get up, wash a packet away. No, you've got, if, we, we do need to do some washing. Yeah. Muslims, when, when one is in a state of um, impurity yeah. physically, uh, they need to wash before praying. So you, what can cause you to be in such a state is farting, urinating, defecating, vomiting, more than a mouthful, bleeding, sexual intercourse, and a few other things I can't remember. Yeah. Wow. So you have to have a shower before you go pray? Yeah, basically you need to have a shower, but otherwise... I mean, I could tick all of those off the list in the five minutes it takes me to walk from the car to temple. You, you're, this is the problem. You, you're causing, really, the water shortage globally. <laughs> um, well, if you're a Muslim, if you're a Muslim, you'd be... No, but we, but otherwise you just got to do a bit of a hands, face, head, feet kind of wash vibe. Yeah, no, I spritz. You want a spritz. Yeah, 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 a bit of a spritz, yeah. However, here's a, here's a Muslim loophole. If you're in the yeah. desert... Or if there is no water, um, you can just you can do it with some some sand yeah. or some rock. You just touch. It's a symbolic. So you know you could. Give I that think a go. the big lesson I've taken from this is not how you have to be respectful when you go to pray. I've taken into that hmm. you have done such intense research. Wherever you are, <laughs> should you be in the desert and you've just, what, <laughs> fucked someone in the desert, you just touched the rock and now you're right. good to go. You've read up all this Very stuff. Very lonely out there, just you and the camels. <laughs> you can also eat... It's a candy. You're allowed to eat pig as well under certain circumstances. If you are, you know, if you're gonna die, if you're hung, really yeah. hungry, basically, and there's a pig, and if you don't eat it, it's gonna be very detrimental to you. Between you health. and the pig, then you, you're allowed to have the pig. 
You know, you can tell by their little eyes. They look at you like, yeah, yeah. You know, you know when you they, know. They, pigs don't have eye um, eyelids, do they? How do they must? Surely. Just can't imagine an, a pig eyelid. Now I want to yeah. Google it so bad. A pig eyelid. I want to Google winking pig. You know, Alexa's listening to me now, and now all she hears is like eyelids on pigs. So <laughs> fuck knows the recipes I'm going to get in the next. Oh week. my god, your targeted ads now exactly. What what how what gender are your kids? Oh fuck, I don't know. What are my kids? What generation are they? Z? I don't know. Like, what's after Z? Do you go into like A one? Yeah. You Google it. What is after Gen Z? <laughs> yeah. Now, let's just let me ask Siri. I'm gonna f- figure this shit out. What is after Generation Z? The generation that follows Gen Z is Generation Alpha, which includes anyone born after 2010. Alpha. Oh, generation Generation Alpha. Fuck! What a name. You bet some fucking baby came up with that. Alpha. <laughs> what is alpha? Okay. I want to tell you something. Like, so I just hung out with this person, right, who I was supposed mm. to, we could have been great friends. It could have been a beautiful friendship. It could have been, you know, Gail Oprah type friendships, okay. So this girl is not a lesbian and then she would ask me all these inappropriate questions about me and my you know, sort of scenario, am I top or bottom? I'm like, bitch, I'm not a bunk bed. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) And then she would then, we went out, um, you know, sort of and hung out with other comics and stuff and then she would just be real, like putting me down and stuff and I was like, what the fuck is happening? And she goes, I'm alphaing you. I don't understand what that means. And now I've realised that this is how people talk now. Like, there's a whole different lingo. Well, that's my friend Hesh. My friend Hesh said that about, like, the alpha term. Yeah. He goes, this guy, I remember him talking about this guy that was changing him. He goes, and he just tried to alpha me. Yeah. Like, as in basically be the top dog yeah. and, like, um, dominate the space because there's always one alpha. There's always one person taking the lead. I fully get that and we need that. Like at a party there's one person. Otherwise no one would have food. We wouldn't have food and we wouldn't have a start or an end time. Someone's got to organise but you don't have to like be, Butch. I don't know, yeah, the alpha thing is such a weird, <laughs> what do you, the, and you know, what's a, you know what's an insult now is being a beta, like a beta male. I think this is the internet. This is the, and I don't want to sound like a fucking boomer, but this is the internet. These kids are coming with their stupid yeah. fucking ideas and just be normal. Just go to a party and just fucking chat to people. <laughs> don't try and dominate an alpha. Because the, the result is I'm never going to fucking talk to you again. You've alphaed me right out of the room. I saw some TikTok of a guy who said um, the challenge of being what's he, basically someone that likes to be dominated and also then sw- like a switch I think is what they call it, switch. He, and he was like a teenager, like maybe 16. He's like the challenge dating when you're a switch is that you want to do this. And I'm like, mate, you are, can't you just. Every- just grow your pubes. Yeah, just <laughs> grow your pubes. All right. Yeah, just focus on growing your pubes. Get through year 10 and then talk about like <laughs> what bloody category you are but actually can't you just everyone's everyone's everything if you decide to be if you're in that mood but you don't have to be like oh, i am an alpha or oh, you're a switch oh get away from me beta like just shut up yeah i had this discussion with a friend of mine the other day when i came out there were two. You were gay or you were lesbian. Then within the lesbians, you have like a lipstick lesbian, but they were rare. Like you didn't get a lot of those. Lipstick lesbians just uh, uh, are like more femme, is it? Yeah, yeah. Feminine. Yeah. Yeah. So, but now, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. now we've got heaps. Then we, we got the bisexuals and the gays and the lesbians are like, what the fuck are these? Um, and then we got, 
<laughs> I didn't know, even know what asexual was. Well, I, I, I get what asexual is, but what's pansexual? So pan is every, it's like you don't, descri- you know, yeah. like you, you are open to falling for anyone, like trans, bi, and I'm, I'm just open. Have you heard of sapiosexual? What is a sapiosexual? Sapiosexual is someone who is... Uh, who is attracted to intelligence. So they just love your, they, they get turned on by hot brains. Oh. So I've got a friend who. A nerd. Nice guy. Nice. He's very intelligent, but he's, I don't know, he doesn't he doesn't look after his appearance. And I'm always surprised if he's ever with someone that is pretty good looking. Because I'm like, how the hell did you end up, but he's like, oh, I think she's a sapiosexual. So that's that's where he's fucking lucky. Let me tell you. Because. What do you mean? Why? Woman can look past the bullshit. Yeah. You see all these beautiful, like a 10 out of 10 woman with a 2 out yeah. of 10 man and you go, what the fuck is going on here, straight people? <laughs> Let me tell you. Let me, because women look at the person and they take into account the entire person. They go, beautiful personality. Good this, good this, you know, kind to animals, kind to that, like good hair. Like they take everything into account. Whereas mm. if it was the other, men would look at her, ah, fat ass, droopy tits, nah. <laughs> well, it's kind of like, you know, uh, um, you know, like Husey's jokes about like, um, you know, how, how attractive his wife is. His wife is very attractive. And he's like, it's clearly because he's like, you know, he goes, that's how funny he is. Or how successful he's that's right, you know. So you can compensate by being really like if you if yeah, you know, I think I'm you know, my wife is beautiful and your wife is fucking hot though. Listen, all right, just stick to my sister. <laughs> <laughs> stick to my sister and our manager. Oh what? Really? I don't want to fuck our manager. <laughs> she's the girl to my Oprah. I'm Oprah, she's Gail. Although she probably <laughs> sees it the other way around. Wait, who is Gail? Fuck off, Nazim. Who is Gail? That's Oprah's best friend. Oprah and Gail King. Shit, man. I don't know who Gail is. Dude, I am so fucking disappointed right now. I, I, I wanna, really? I'm going to call you mum. T- you said it before and I was like, uh, wait, I don't know who Gail is, but I feel like I should. Who's it's Gail? like saying rum and not saying coke. You, you always say it together. Even if you don't drink, you go rum and coke. Who is Oprah's best friend? Here's what I found from wikipedia.org. Winfrey's best friend since their early 20s is Gail King. Oh, even Siri knows. Yeah, Shit. everyone knows. Okay. Siri is currently rolling her fucking eyes at you going, I... who's this dumb cunt? <laughs> <laughs> Does she ever come on the show? Yeah. They used to work together. She occasionally, they, they work together on O Magazine. Like, they've always worked together. How, what do you think the chances of getting Oprah on or near this podcast that could be it. Everyone, if you're listening to this podcast, we need to get Oprah on this podcast. If you're Oprah, pretend you're Oprah, what's the thing that pisses her off? Because I reckon... Oh, someone coming up going, hey, Oprah, you've got a car. You've got a car. <laughs> yeah, that's what I reckon. Check under your seat. <laughs> I reckon that's the thing. That's the thing that people would... And she'd be like, I just wanted to get artichokes today, yeah, but, but I guess... If she's there with a family, if you pointed all of the members of her family... <laughs> Stedman, you get a car. Gail, you get a car. <laughs> You've got artichokes. You've got artichokes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. She must be dead but on the inside. The way to get to Oprah is you got to get to know, find out who her secretary is. No, I know. I know how to get in there. Oprah's got a school in South Africa for girls. Wow. I would start working at that school and then I would, that's how I'll get in and I'll be like 
such an inspiration to those students that because Oprah comes every year and then takes some of those girls yeah. and take it to her house for like Thanksgiving and Christmas and stuff. And I want to be such an integral part of those girls' lives that they go, no, you have to bring Miss Carlson. She's got to come. <laughs> She's like our best teacher. <laughs> like, And then yes. I'll go and I'll be like. And you'll be like, oh, no, no. No, no, no yeah. give it to someone more deserving. Yeah. You need to transform the lives of a few girls. So you've got those stories up your sleeves. Mm. Yeah. And then when she meets you, have your podcast equipment in just in your backpack ready to go. So the golden question there is, what do you think shits Oprah to death? I reckon people coming up to her, pointing at her and members of her family saying, you've got a car, you've got a car. I think she probably has to have staff members physically restrain her from punching on yeah. with these people. Yeah, just one of those, leave it, Opes, it's not worth it. It's not worth it, babes. <laughs> <laughs> leave it, Opes. Well, she kind of, she always talks about growing up poor. Like, so I reckon, you know, a younger Oprah would have probably punched on. I reckon she would have, she wouldn't have taken any shit. She's a confident woman. Yeah. Like that, that Buzz Aldrin thing. Have you seen? He was like 82 or something, and that guy goes, You didn't really go to the moon. It's all bullshit. And he just knocks that guy straight on his ass. Have you not really? seen that footage? Fuck, you have to go look at him. Oh, I love it. Because I've always thought about Buzz Aldrin, like, as the second guy who was on the moon. And I'm sure, like, when people get drunk. There's a lot of rage in that. Yeah, there's a, there'd be a lot of rage. And I reckon people probably just give him shit at all times. And he just has to smile through it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, there was a third guy. There was a third guy. It was Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, <laughs> and then the third guy. Like, no one even fucking knows about the third guy. Some other guy. The other one. Oh, it's that like, poor dude. Yeah. Yeah, imagine imagine him walking around, you know. Oh, I was actually, um, I was the third person on the moon. Sure you were, mate. You know, like, Google me, you know. His whole picture would be, no, no, seriously, look me up. He'd have the Google page <laughs> bookmarked on his phone. Like, see, I was the third guy. And they're like, yeah, cool. But, I mean, you oh, know. Yeah. Oh, I know Neil Armstrong too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had Oprah on my podcast. <laughs> 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 I honestly don't even know. Like, who is that guy? Uh, I'm going to you again. Who was the third person on the moon? Pete Conrad became the third person yeah. to walk on the moon in November 1969. Yeah, so it's the same. Bloody Pete Conrad. No, no, but can you imagine being he, like his children or grandchildren and everyone's like, Neil Armstrong! That's <laughs> Aldrin. And they go, and Pete Conrad! And they're like, who the fuck is that? Yeah, when they're going to like doing public appearances, I reckon he probably gets stopped yeah. by security at all times. Sorry, mate. Uh, uh, yeah. W- where are you going? Oh, I'm actually, yeah. I was on the moon too. Yeah. Okay, all right, all right. I was a pilot. They yeah. wouldn't have gotten there without me. And they're like, yeah, sure, 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 sure. Okay. sure. Fuck we, all off, want, we all want to meet Neil, yeah. you know, but they've yeah. got to line up. Yeah, yeah. Go back of the queue. Back of the queue, pal. <laughs> Let me ask you something. You're quite protective over yeah. people like in your in your uh, life. Like yeah. if anyone came for me or like you would immediately reach out, you would say something. Yeah. But if someone's a dick to you, you don't say anything. You just kind of ride it out. Yeah. Um. So when someone has a truly fucking bad behaviour, you just kind of white knuckle through it. 
I, I don't know. It is, you know what? It's a problem. I think it's a bad trait. It's not like me being a bigger guy. Someone says something hor- horrible to me. Go back to your, where you came from. You're dirty this, you're terrorist. I, you've got a real agenda. Stop trying to lie to Australians. You're actually trying to take over Australia, you Muslims. I always actually, my brain goes, oh, what's really going on with this guy? He's clearly heard the wrong thing, so I need to, like, help him yeah. understand that that's not who I am. You, you know the one story about this guy who basically um, called me some mean words on the internet and then um, and then uh, Susan Carlin, so Walid Ali's wife, she was like, yeah. uh, why don't you just reply saying something nice because it's it's better to say something nice because then you're not carrying the anger and also it's a, probably a better thing. She had some whole reasoning. So I just did that. I said something nice to this guy. And I said, oh, you know, I hope you're well. Look after yourself. And he said, oh, yeah, thanks, man. I have been feeling a bit crap. And I said, oh, maybe you should go out for a walk. It always clears my mind. Anyway, that was the exchange. About a week or two later, he messaged saying he basically admitted to nearly killing himself except that our conversation made him feel better. And I was like... What the hell? Like, I wasn't trying to be, I was just trying to do what Susan told me to do just as like a new way to respond. Yeah. Um, and um, which made me think, yeah. I wonder how many people have been left in a worse position because I've argued back and trolled them online. <laughs> no, because they, the only reason you're in that situation is because they have trolled you. Yeah, you did yeah. nothing yeah. To, to get him to give you shit. So, I mean, the flip side is true too. You are a fucking human being as well and you have emotions and and what if you are having a bad day? Oh, it's what true. If oh his, what if he says something to you that is the final straw for you? It's true. Probably the main reason why I don't reply is because I'm like, they're going to screenshot that, it's going to end up on some news article and then I've got to deal with that shit. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you a funny Ronnie Cheng story. Ron, yeah. Ronnie Cheng and I, yeah. we used to... Fuck, um, I love Ronnie Cheng. Oh, he's the best. We did Triple J together, Australian like radio um, yeah. by the ABC. One of the first days we were on air together doing the drive show, we were talking during, a, you know, one of the talk breaks and I was talking and then I, Ronnie was distracted. He was on his laptop and I was asking him a question on air and he sort of wasn't really responding. So I was like, all right, you're on Triple J and I press play on a song. And then I was like, Ronnie, what the hell are you doing, man? Like, I was, you were just completely out of it. And he's like, oh, sorry, man, I'm just reading texts. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, and um, and he had found an anonymous, like a, a website where you can send texts anonymously to people and they don't know who it's from. Yeah. And he was replying to all these people who were saying, your voice is fucked or you're a dickhead or whatever. And he was replying to all of them saying, fuck your mom, fuck your mom, fuck your mom, live on the air. <laughs> <laughs> so as people were texting in, he was just telling people to go, fuck their mom. And so do you have that website? <laughs> <laughs> there used to be a thing called Honesty Box on Facebook where you could tell yeah. someone on your Facebook friends list or anything you like on a box on their page and they don't know who it's from, but all they do know is that it's from one of their friends. Yeah. Oh, brutal. <laughs> and, um, I remember I said something once to someone, some Muslim friend who was annoying the shit out of me, but pretty sure he knew it was me because, like, I think I'd used some words. And I said, I can't remember, I think I said sorry in the thing as well. So, uh, anyway, sorry if this. And then, <laughs> oh, my God, that's so you. <laughs> if I ever get anything, a threatening message, but sorry and say hi to your mum, I'm like, fuck you, Nazim. <laughs> anyway, I miss Honesty Box. I'd use it better now, but they took it away. People are probably just ending friendships as a result. Like, that would play in your mind. Yeah. You'd go through all your friends and be like, who 
said that my breath stinks. Or, you know, like, who keeps asking me if I'm a top or a bottom? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking alpha. Alpha cunt. <laughs> <laughs> fucking alpha cunt. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, Nazim, tell me, what shits you to absolute death? Oh, well, I'll tell you this. I don't mind being recognised, but I got recognised the other day and it was, it shit me because I was in the parents' retreat section at Melbourne Central. So my wife is in, in one of the curtained off rooms. We finally got one. She was feeding. And then I was like, oh, she's in a bit of a break. I thought, oh, I'll go to the toilet, you know? Um, so I went to, to the toilet and it's one of those ones with the automatic doors and you press the button oh, yeah. and then it opens and you got to wait for the red light. you got to press it and wait for the red light for it to look. Anyway, it had a green light. So I was like, oh, I pressed the green button. The door opened and there was a guy taking a shit on the toilet. Oh, no. And he was like, oh, and he's like, Nazim. I was like, yeah, and he goes, oh, yeah, I love you, comedy. And then I was like, oh, sorry. And he was literally taking a shit, oh, freaking no. out. I kept pressing the button to try to close it, but the button that I was pressing <gasps> only keeps it open longer. And there's kids everywhere, parents, oh, and he was just stuck. There's no button for him to press near him. Yeah, oh, he would have no. had to, like, there's nothing he could have done. He would have had to wipe his ass and pull up his pants. Anyway, <laughs> it was just a whole, I literally just walked away then and, like, waited, like, probably <gasps> 10 seconds for the door to close slowly. But anyway, um, I then just I was like, Nadine, I've got to leave the parents' retreat room because there's a guy in there that I can never see ever again no, in my life. No longer a retreat for anyone. So what shits me are those damn automatic toilet doors that are just, they're, and some of them are timed, I found. They say 10 minutes. You've got 10 minutes. It makes you so nervous. Like oh. it's never taken me 10 minutes to have a shit because I have a good five intake. But, but what if that's the, the minute time? they say 10 minutes, you're like, oh, my God, what if today's the day? Stage fright. Yeah. Exactly. I My my pet peeve, like I just hate public toilets. Yeah. It's not fun. And when you have to take the kids and they go, I need to go to the toilet, and you're like, no. Yeah. Why can't you just? Piss your pants like a normal person. But then you have to take them in there. And then I always have to go, let me just go see if it's clean. Of course, it's never clean. We're at a toilet in a park. And then I have to take all this toilet paper and clean it. And then because for some reason they can't just drop their pants to their calves or whatever. It has to go straight on the floor. Then I have to mop the piss up off the floor. And then I sort of pick the little one up and pull his pants completely down and then let him get on the, oh, my God, I just. Surely by now there's like a portable shit bag or piss jar for your kids. When when I'm on the road with the kids, Like even um, this weekend I'm going to visit my mum, which is like three hours away from here. But in the back of the car I keep a potty and then I just, they go, they want to go toilet. I make them get it in the back. Mm-hmm. They sit on this little potty. It's like a little plastic toilet thing. Because then we never have to go, because, oh, you know, kids don't go, um, at the next rest stop can we just stop so I can have a pee? <laughs> have I told you about my sister's shit story? No, please do. Oh, in Sri Lanka. It actually saved our lives. One of my earliest memories, we were in Sri Lanka for a wedding. The wedding was in Colombo. We were in Kandy at the time. So it's about a three-hour trip. We were there for the wedding in Sri Lanka. Anyway, we were all dressed in our wedding clothes. And for whatever reason, my mum made us take the public bus instead of hiring a private van because she wanted us to know what poor Sri Lankans live like. Even though we were poor in Australia, we just wanted to be rich in Sri Lanka. Just please allow. Anyway, she was like, no, 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 you have to experience and compare. Anyway, so we got on this bus, crowded all in our, you know, wedding clothes. Um, about 
half an hour into this three hour windy trip, my sister says, I need to go to the toilet. I need to do number two. And my mom said, just wait till we get to Colombo. She said, I need to go right now or I'll just do it in my pants. And the bus driver heard, slammed on the brakes, kicked us off the bus, said, find a toilet somewhere. And then while we were looking, he just drove off, leaving us stranded in the middle of rural Sri Lanka. Anyway, found a toilet. The roadside, disgusting toilet, one of those squat ones and just hadn't been cleaned, oh. I don't think, ever. She went, she took ages. We were, like, banging, you know, why couldn't you just shit in your hand, throw it out the window? You know, we just, hurry up. <laughs> anyway, she, like she, you would when we were living in Geelong. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so she took ages. She finally finished, got off that one. We're like, we're already late to the wedding. We flagged down another bus, got on that bus, started driving to, to Colombo. Um, anyway, suddenly that bus got delayed and we're like, oh, my God, what's happening? Turns out the driver said, "There's a oh, there's an accident up ahead. A bus has fallen off a cliff, and oh, no. and everyone on that bus was dead. And that was a bus that we were on. So if oh, she didn't God. take that shit, we would have been yeah. dead on that bus too. Holy shit! See, that's sort of the you know, it's like that frozen bird in the paddock. Mm. Have you heard that story? No. When this frozen bird, this bird, it's snowing, right? And this bird flies, and it's so cold, and he he didn't migrate in time, and then he falls from the sky, and he's just there in the in the snowy paddock, and a cow walks past him and shits on him, right? <laughs> and he's like, "This is the worst fucking day of my life. First, I fall out of the sky, and then a cow shits on me, but because of the heat from the cow patty, uh-huh. it sort of keeps him warm and defrosting, and keeps. And he's like, "Oh my god, uh, this is great." Yeah. Um, Oh, you know, but then a cat comes along and he starts picking the shit off the bird and, and the bird's like, oh, thank God, this this guy's helping me out of the shit. And then the, the cat eats the bird. The moral of the story is not everyone that shits on you is is your enemy and not everyone that helps you out of the shit is your friend. <laughs> if I if I have to make another TED Talk, it would be between that one, you know, not everyone who shits on you is, is your, your enemy is your and enemy. not everyone who, who helps you is your friend. Mm. Or it's not the face you fuck, it's the fuck you face. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. That should be the title of like your next book almost. <laughs> Okay, Nazim, what's the thing about you that shits you? Something about me that shits me is when I'm, well, it is probably the people pleasing. Um, Yeah, I don't know how to speak my mind to people who I want to speak my mind to. Like if someone's annoying me, it takes a big build up for me to then just basically tell them to freaking stop doing the annoying thing. I can't just basically be like, like I look at you and you just say shit straight up to someone's face. Yeah. Um, I don't know how you do that. Well, I don't like to be annoyed. Mm. <laughs> I would say, so even we were at the zoo the other day and um, it annoys me when people cut the line. So these kids run up and um, I immediately recognise them because I was speaking Afrikaans and then they just start climbing on the thing while, while we're trying to get my kids on. And uh, But there's like a whole row, there's like five or six other families waiting and we waited Um to get on there and then these kids just run in and sort of barrel onto the elephant and there's like four boys and two little girls and I just go, hey, yeah. <laughs> and then the mum gets out and goes, there's a queue. Take your kids and go wait in it. Get off. Whatever their energy is, I match their energy. So they came in hot. So I just went, hey, you got to meet crazy with crazy. <laughs> 
Thanks for listening to this episode of That's Enough Already, hosted by me, Ursula Carlson, and produced by Natalie Turner. Supervising producer was Nick McClure, and special thanks to Ella Leaf and Beck Sutherland. Couldn't do it without you, gals. If you like this podcast, remember to subscribe, share it with all of your friends, tell your mum, tell your sister, don't tell that annoying brother of yours, you know, but definitely share it with a friend. Please.